first and this is no joke uh i have a special edition of uh around the rink in the phf here tonight uh, i'm going to be joined shortly by taylor woods um so i'm going to try and fill some time here as we begin uh it's always weird kind of just starting off like just starting off with no intro or nothing like that so um let's see maybe i got a little music here little intro music, you know, never hurts. Kind of get us into the moment. Uh, waiting for Taylor to, to get here. Just wanted to let you guys know. I uh, appreciate everybody who tunes in. I uh, appreciate everybody who's commented on these things that I've been doing. It's been really fun. Uh, we haven't had, haven't been able to do the, the podcast for obvious reasons with everything going on with the ice garden. Uh, it's kind of been put on the back burner. So uh, I've been more than happy to to do this and uh you know bring bring fans closer to to the news and and all that kind of stuff so um without further ado i will get going here uh like to introduce none other than taylor woods from the world champion phf world champion toronto six i guess that's right um Taylor, how are you today? How's everything going? Are you still partying? Hey, I'm good. I sort of took a little bit of a break from partying. We have a big day tomorrow, so I I need some uh some R and R uh just to get ready for tomorrow. I'm I'm sure it's just been like every day you kind of wake up and there's there's something else to to do, right? Or or some kind of appearance to make. I saw you guys had a an appearance with the the mayor yesterday. Is that correct? Yeah, no, uh, there's a few of us that went down to City Hall and they did like a nice warm welcoming and we met actually a lot of even just the council members down there. So it's sort of just like great outreach, right? Especially in Toronto, there's so many little niches and hockey sort of that center heartbeat. So uh, it's always it's always a good feeling and always great to celebrate with Toronto. Yeah, and Toronto's a, a, a hockey mad place. Obviously, the Leafs are first and foremost there. Um, as well as, uh, I would assume, minor league hockey and, and junior hockey. Uh, but it's nice to see your team and yourself get a little bit of recognition. Um, have you noticed that it's maybe a little bit more uh, like people have have started to pay attention? You've been with the team now for, for three years. Yeah, like uh, for sure. Even like throughout our playoff run and everything, I think there was just a little bit more chatter coming through. Um and even just people just like wanting to know, it's like, Oh, like, how are you guys doing? Oh, I've seen this. And even throughout the playoffs. And I think even throughout the off season, as there's just more and more chatter, just surrounding like the women's hockey space, uh, people are going to get invested. So now you got, got into like, you get into the teams, you get into the players and it's sort of nice for the T6. Like, Oh yeah, by the way, we, we just won the championship. Right. So it just brings a little bit more of an uproar that way. But uh, definitely there's been so much more chatter, which is great for the growth. And tomorrow is, is you guys are going to be at the Leafs game. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we're going to be at the Leafs game. I, I won't be, I'm just going to go for the Isabel cup celebration. I just got to get ready for Monday. So, uh, it's a little bit close. So I'm like, Hey, just celebrate with my team, celebrate with the cup and celebrate with the fans. And, uh, I'll catch a Leafs game during the playoffs at some point, at some sort. So. Yeah, I'm sure it's, 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 as we kind of said, it's a lot of partying. Um, I kind of want to get to the playoffs to, to, to get things started here uh, with the, the list of things that I wanted to ask you about. Um, to me, like, and, and I'm, I'm the first always to admit that I'm wrong. I said at the beginning of the year, like you, your team could go 24 and 0 and I would still want to see what you guys are going to do in the playoffs. Um, just because you've had good seasons in the past and you've hit that speed bump, which has been, uh, with the Boston Pride logo on it, um, yeah. didn't face that problem this year because you didn't have to play Boston, but you still faced uh, having to overcome a little bit of adversity where you lost that first game. Um, what can you tell us about the, the the way that the the mindset of the team as you kind of battled back and um, eventually won three straight after that? 
hey, like this whole year, we like I was focused on it. I was very like, I think we we're very fortunate of having just such an all star type roster where it's like during the seasons, like what do we need to work on for playoffs? What do we need to do to be better in playoffs? And that was our like that was my focus for sure and uh, how to support the team. So uh, very fortunate, too, that it's uh, they changed the format to have a best of uh, best of the three series at the start, because if it was the best of one. We would have been looking at the same same thing as we did the last couple seasons. So uh, yeah. it took a little bit of time to get that playoff mentality under underneath us. But in that do or die situation, it's like, hey, like, let's just be a competitor and let's compete here. And uh, slowly with e- each game, we found how to play in the playoffs. Um, and I'm very proud of that. And I'm ver- very happy of our team. And it's great to know that Toronto could play some dirty hockey, too. Yeah, it was awesome to see uh, just the the battle back. I didn't get to see the second game live because I had traveled over to Boston for for that game too. Um, But one of the things about your series that struck me was um, y'all didn't have the lead until in gameplay until game three. Um, You know, you win the game in overtime, but you battle back twice to tie it. Um, Do do you think about that at all as a player? Like, man, like we're in this, but we haven't really had the lead. Like it, it, that's a different mentality playing with the lead than kind of playing catch up all the time. Right. It, yeah. Like when in playoffs and everything too, since we've only had like, it's such short series. It's like, I'm just focused on what can I do each shift. And like, I just kept repeating to myself. Uh, and also I, I said it out loud a few times, but uh, just do your job, like do your job coming through. Uh, and if you just focus on that and just, sort of be a goldfish focusing on the, that next shift because it doesn't really matter what's a, like happened in the past even if we're down right they scored who cares we still got to win this game so uh, I think we just sort of uh, did our job we stuck with it and we gutted it out so uh, very fortunate with a couple of bounces as well but like again we have the skill we if as long as we save composed we uh, we were the best team and we came out there and we showed that yeah you were obviously one of the best teams during the season. And uh, it, I, I saw that kind of a lot of you rise to the occasion in the playoffs. And, and that's what it, it, it takes. It takes everybody. It's not just, you know, anybody that watches hockey, especially playoff hockey, like, you know, it's not always the stars that come through. It's it's the, the role players and um, sometimes the players that take a step back to play a different role to for the betterment of the team, right? Um, I kind of look at yourself in that kind of regard where, um, I know coaches have used you in different ways, and I kind of want to touch on that in a minute. But um, what can you tell us about the the goal that you scored in the in the championship game? Uh, huge goal that that tied the game, and and really, um, it, it felt like you guys had played a lot more intense after falling behind, and that was just the culmination of this wave after wave just coming at at Minnesota. Yeah, and well, even in Minnesota, it was just that type of game, right? Like. The, the ice down there when we were practicing was probably, well, it was the best ice I've ever skated on. It was so smooth, right? They didn't have to have, to have a lot of ice to keep it cool. Uh, and then, like, we played it when uh, there was an NHL team and a full game that went on beforehand, a little bit of yeah. rest, and then plus our puck. So the puck was bouncing a lot more than it did in, like when we were practicing. So it's just like, hey, you know what? It could be any anyone's game. We have to play. We have to come out there and throw the first hit, and then also just watch out for uh, any any type of turnover. Uh, it could happen at any time, and you just got to be ready for that. So going into my goal, I sort of saw that turnover right away, and it's like, okay. Uh, initially, like in my head, I could snap out a couple of things. Okay, we could, we could get it. It could turn over right away, and it sort of goes back. I was sort of in a defensive position to do that. Uh, then as soon as Cavas sort of made that move, like okay, so I could sort of. Uh, if there's any other turnover that could happen, I'm still in a good spot to get that puck to get that offensive chance. Or I can uh, retreat if I need to. But then it's like, okay, I, I need to go to the back door for the rebound. Uh, that p- could potentially happen. Uh, and I was telling myself, I just got to stop on net. I got to be around that puck. So as soon as that puck went off, I'm like, hey, I know what to do. Hit my skate. Just try to keep whacking at that puck. So uh yeah I just trust my game rate that's exactly sort of how I read it through uh in the full sequence and I'm glad that uh you know what yeah you know what I don't want to talk about any sort of uh lull that I was having I could go (laughs) off on a tangent there I could be frustrated with it but you know what any any puck towards the net is a good puck it's not the hardest shot that I could rip but hey it, it it was an important goal so 
Yeah, and and it would it just showed like like I hear you know I've covered hockey a long time and uh, I hear coaches say all the time this player has or that player has great hockey IQ or high hockey IQ and uh, I definitely saw that on that play. I'm glad that you mentioned the part about it hitting your skate because seeing it live and then kind of seeing the replays like we don't always get the best angles yeah. and it looked like you kind of hit your stick slash skate at the same time and then you know it's your stick and, and one of the Minnesota players stick kind of whacking at it and um but it, you you did get your stick on it to once it came off your skate yeah yeah I did okay okay and and to me it was like I'm, I'm thinking like I didn't I wasn't sure right away I was like oh that that might be kind of close and I was really surprised that like nobody from Minnesota challenged or it didn't look like anyway from uh, the the images that we see on TV or on the broadcast, like didn't look like anybody kind of was, was causing a stink or nothing. I was like, I guess it was good. Like usually that that's kind of a telltale sign. So uh, I'm glad it, it, it worked out in, in your favor. Um, I won't mention the, the, the streak that you kind of alluded to, um, but but I do want to touch on uh, before I, I move on to other things. What was it like? Um, this is the second year in a row where you kind of go to a, a neutral kind of location, right? Not a, a PHF city. Um, you had a little bit of a longer, um, I, maybe not longer, but a, a more memorable uh, experience this year, I guess we'll say. Uh, what, what was that experience like going to uh, Arizona for this game? Yeah, like I've never been up to Arizona. So like it, it was great to go out there to do something uh, that, hey, like, would I ever go out to Arizona before? Maybe when I'm, like, 40 or 50 or something like that. So, <laughs> hey, it brought me to brought me to the state. Uh, we had a good time and just even just bonding with teammates. Uh, I was doing a little bit of work down there as well. So uh, work, skating, sort of living that professional lifestyle uh, was very nice to have. And then, of course, going on to game day, it just allowed you to focus instead of being um, – just even if it was like neutral or sorry, it was in Toronto or something or uh, like I know it's like, hey, I'd be running this errand, running this errand. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have to try to focus for the game. Right. Uh, so it sort of just eliminated all those distractions uh, and then just brought you for that one purpose. Uh, and just to the last thing on, on that, like I know it's great that some of the players go uh, the day before the game. Right. And they do these kind of kids clinics and stuff like that. Um, I, I always wonder from a player's point of view, and I'm sure like most players never want to say anything in a, in a negative or, or Ill, Ill, say an ill word publicly, but like, uh, would you almost rather, and I don't know if you participate or not, but you'd rather kind of just have that time to just focus on the game at hand, right? And, and not go sightseeing, right? You can do that kind of after the game. Yeah, like sightseeing, uh, people could say after, even helping out, like it could have been done like, uh, a little bit more towards like a little bit farther away from the game but like I I didn't volunteer myself just because I had uh, just some work to do before but it's okay. also uh, like a distraction per se I know I asked a couple of people like hey how was it it's like hey it was fun that's what I like to do um, so it sort of naturally flowed it like if it's uh, planned out and like well managed then it's not a problem that's something that i think all players just like to do in general if they volunteer they'll do it yeah um and yeah it's sort of just at that stage of the game it's cool to sort of see where the growth of female hockey is in arizona right that's the chance where it's like you you see it in toronto blossoming and everything but what's happening in arizona and what can we do to help so yeah yeah and and i always kind of wonder and i've, I've had this conversation with uh, uh someone who used to be uh connected to one of the teams is why not like bring some of the players who aren't in the game out there, right? And and uh, so you're not just marketing the two teams there; you're also marketing other players, stars, not stars. However, you know whoever wants to, you know, is available. Everybody has different schedules, and um, you know, I know if it was me, like I'm a sore loser. Like if I lost, I don't want to go do do nothing like that. Like yeah. I want to for at least a week or two. And uh, but I know everybody's wired differently. Um, but just, you know, I, I think that would be an, a neat thing to do too, uh, for a, a kind of a reward for some players at the end of the year. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. If they had that, um, sort of, Hey, like pick your one or two representatives, maybe even do like some of the legal awards at that time too. So like the people that have potential legal awards, they could also go out there, uh, and show face, uh, that sort of brings, yeah. I guess, like the value, uh, for bringing those players in. Um, so 
Yeah, now now we're talking. I like that idea. We can we can uh, work out a, a couple of cool things in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of mentioned you had a different role this year. You've had three coaches in in three years that Toronto Six has been a team. Uh, what what's that like? And and what have the different coaches expected of you, if anything different at all? Yeah, it's been actually very different throughout the whole team. Uh, for me, like, I just try to ground myself. It's like, Hey, I'm going to do whatever I can for the team, whatever role evolves. Uh, and that's sort of where I grounded my roots. Uh, obviously I do like that offensive defenseman, but if you have an all-star team, like we have of sort of, Hey, your, your fourth line could be your, like anyone's first line. Uh, you got to play defense. You got to learn how to play defense as they sort of, uh, shine and come through. Um, so, I shifted a little bit just in terms of what we needed to do to win the championship. Uh, I could have fired the puck a little bit more. I sort of learned uh, how I could evolve my I, that offensive abilities towards that offensive style team. But again, I wanted to support our goalies. Our goalies are number one. They're our backbone and also my D partners. So uh, when I was like going down, it's like, hey, we got to do what we got to do. Um, and even just like looking – at the un- unforeseen stats that uh, we don't have for defense, for example, I think I was only on for six goals against this whole season, which is huge. Uh, I don't know if there's any other def- defender that has that, but uh, I produced in different ways uh, on and off the ice. Yeah, and, and uh, clearly last year, Coach Jocelyn used you in, uh, a little bit more at forward, too, at times. and. Uh, I immediately thought of that when I saw you kind of charge into the net on that, that tying place, you know, and, and I know you've played forward before in the past, uh, but that has to help, right? The, the, the confidence to, to do it at this level and that you have done it at this level. So that when you do make a play like that, like you have that, that confidence. And, and as you kind of walked us through, like you, you kind of looked at all the options there and, and knew like it was a pretty uh, high percentage play, right? Yeah, like, and even it, it helps, like, okay, what can you do from that offensive ability, defensive ability? Uh, what are other players supposed to be doing or what are they going, like, what are their tendencies for what they're doing? So uh, playing both defense and offense. Uh, I was slotted in, actually, offense for, like, a period against Buffalo. Uh, I didn't see any <laughs> ice time, but uh, I did practice as a forward that whole week. Um so, yeah, you just got to be ready for any circumstances, whether it's a uh, mental game, whether it's on the ice, whether it's strategy. Okay, okay. Um, I think it's really neat, and I'm, I'm sure it makes it, a, you know, it's obviously special to win, but I'm sure it's a little extra special, like a little cherry on top that um, you're an original member of this team. Uh, is, is, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you guys have, as we kind of talked about, you've, you've had an amazing run three years, uh, 37, nine, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a pretty good winning percentage. And that, that's not too many, not too many nights where you're going home, like uh, really, really down that you, you didn't come out on top. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. We, we know how to compete. We know how to play with each other and that chemistry is there uh, within the locker room. It's strong. And obviously that sort of translates towards the ice. So, uh, and we do have a strong, the strong core coming in, uh, deep valued, uh, sorry, just wait, <coughs> I apologize, uh, just, uh, deep in value and just even all just, uh, wanting to boost people up and really believe in, uh, the success of the Toronto six all over. So, uh, being very general about that, because I could literally use the rest of the time to talk about, uh, just all the members and each member of how uh, how much they believe in this team. Uh, but yeah, it, their uh, their belief stems from that three years ago, and it, it's shown on the ice. And you you guys you signed, uh, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like at the height of COVID. Like, what's that like joining a team that you know starting from scratch, and and you don't even know what the future holds, and it ends up being. Your first season was a, a six gamer, uh, and and not, you didn't even get to play a home game. Like that's that whole scenario is that when when I kind of look back at it, it's just crazy, right? It it is crazy, and I remember like I was going back and forth in my mind. It's like man, like I, we have no idea what's going. I know for me, like I missed hockey. We just uh, 
the provincials for senior A got canceled. I was so ready to play in those. We were going to win the whole thing. I was so mm. pumped. And that sort of helped me as like, hey, like I do want to play in a championship. And the second thing is that I want to do sort of more uh, myself uh, to grow this game instead of I felt I was just, hey, like I'm for the, I was just a bystander saying, hey, I'm for the game. Uh, support professional hockey because there isn't like we need something better now I'm sort of actively within it um, spreading it out through towards the communities spreading out with uh, the players that I coach and sort of actively trying to change uh, the business model the structure uh, within the game so I feel like I've earned that spot on the table and it just takes hard work so uh, doing that step within the pandemic was definitely hard um, but you just got to sort of just trust the process and uh, just keep sort of wanting to grow the game and doing the work to grow the game. Yeah. And, and with the success that you've had, uh, I, I'd say it's, it's, it's well worth all the, the time and effort that you've, you've, you and your teammates have put in and everybody involved with, with the T6. Um, I, I got to ask, I know I, I kind of asked coach Jocelyn this last year, but I kind of want to get your perspective. Like, what's it like being on the team where you have so many woods on the team and Eastwood and everybody's like, who, who's, who's nickname, uh, who get who gets woodsy? Is that you or Emma? No, so that, that's Emma. So, uh, when Digit was on the team, she, she came up to me. So she's like, Emma is woodsy. She was my original woodsy. So she's woodsy. You are T woods. You are. And you know what? I've stuck with T woods. T woods is bold. Uh, it just sort of comes off the tongue. So I'm used to that. Even though when some people say woodsy, I sort of just pull up and sort of just like, hmm, that, okay, that's not me. Uh, and then uh, Lindsay is Eastwood. Uh, Eastwood or Beastwood if, towards the end of the year uh, because of the signs that were made, but Beastwood because she's also a beast on the ice. Uh, yeah. And inside, yeah. Inside the dressing room, like when uh, Alaska, so Alaska is – big at doing the like the roll call for the starting lineup yeah. uh and eastwood whatever whatever she got announced uh people would end up barking right so they're like <laughs> Lindsay, and then eastwood and then all the bark food comes so everyone was just getting pumped up because she, yeah she could she could play like a beast <laughs> that's awesome uh it- I, I i know like looking up on online you know do my right my research like it's a I didn't realize Taylor Woods was a pretty common name. I know Taylor is. There's about 75 Taylors and, and 70 Megans in, in women's hockey. Um, but there, a lot of other people came up who, who were named Taylor Woods. Um, there was also uh, Taylor Woods Apartment Complex here in New Jersey, wow. uh, <laughs> which was kind of crazy. Uh, it's in uh, Berlin, New Jersey, which I, I didn't even know existed either. So <laughs> one of them things, you kind of learn something new every day. Um, but kind of tying into the bigger picture one of the things i did learn was um that you were teammates with elaine truly back in 2012 uh for team canada what, what can you tell us and what do you remember about that uh yeah no i uh i just remember like she, you know she she plays well all the time she comes up to perform she's uh she's mentally always ready for games and she's just a world-class human she's very charismatic uh and it shows like and i've even just how she's evolved from that world championship to even last season to this season, it's just been amazing of how she could elevate her game. And it's like, okay, like this is like, she, she seems like she has more arms than she does. She's, she's sliding across. Uh, no. And Hey, no injuries. This is not fun with no injuries this year. So uh, yeah, no, she's a great person in the dress room. She, she's always our backbone uh, on the ice, off the ice. Uh, and yeah, I'm grateful that she's uh, a teammate. Yeah. And, uh, last week, or, or I guess it was Monday, I did one of these with uh, Allie Morris. Um, and she played against Elaine in college and, and said kind of this, the same things where she's just kind of like a, like an octopus in net and uh, super adorable and reliable. Like, you know, game in and game out, she's going to show up and she and she's ready to play every game. She's not one of these these goaltenders that needs uh, a, a lot of time off to be at the top of our game. Um, what else do we have? Oh, oh last one on kind of uh, in this kind of uh, section here. Uh, you're one of the smaller players, no offense, um, 
but what, what's it like that a lot of the, the forwards that you have to battle against, especially in front of the net in the corners, they're, they're bigger players. It's just height wise and, and length wise. Um, how, how do you go about dealing with those situations? Is, is it more of a, a mental game? And um, I, I know talking with a lot of smaller NHL players, it's, it's kind of thinking what you're going to do before you do it um, to not put yourself in a position where you're going to get creamed or, or run over or, or, you know, the puck stripped off of you. Yeah. Um, actually it was world. It was Carla McLeod was the first person to, to tell me that I was small. And I was like, I, I was baffled. I was like, I didn't know I'm small. So uh, <laughs> I always sort of played big anyway. Uh, and just also just having the strength, uh, it allows me to produce more power and force, but yeah. So even going into uh game decision or like, uh, just decisions that I make, uh, of course, like, okay, what type of gap, uh, when to pursue, when not to pursue. Um, I definitely have to consider that quickly and it's evolved my hockey IQ, uh, to be, I, I think one of the best in the game. So, uh, I use a lot and I rely a lot of my hockey IQ as well as just my speed and quickness, but, uh, anywhere sort of within the corners, it's a little bit more, um, just body position and uh, over stature because I know I do have the size right with any sort of like power, right. There's that force distance sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I rely just on my size and sort of that battle. And it's like, where can I put the puck uh, where other people can? And it's sometimes it's just the easy, right. That cat and mouse where it's like, okay, you're standing here and you're sort of forcing it to that far side and then you could explode. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a lot of thinking about it. Uh, and it's just a lot of relying on, uh, your speed, getting your, getting across the angles that you play, uh, to limit their time and space. It's also limiting their time or slowing down the game and slowing down their time, uh, and sort of how, uh, you process things or the angles that you take, uh, if that sort of makes sense. Uh, I'm talking about like even odd man rushes or like, two-on-ones or one-on-ones even, right? So if you're coming back and it's like, hey, you know what, I'm outmanned, uh, you could limit their space or you could limit their time. And sometimes the best thing is sort of limiting their time and sort of making sure that you're bringing other people back. Uh, so then you have more people to recruit with. And then I guess you're bigger because now you have more people to uh, to play with. Uh, and then you limit their space uh, as you get more people. Yeah, I I would think limiting time is is would be the number one uh, option because hockey, right? It's a fast game. There's there's a lot of bounces and and the puck nicks off of your your shin pad or um, the the ice or a stick or a, a skate and the, there's so many different variables that that something could branch into. The more time yeah. you take away, the quicker that decision becomes and maybe it's not accurate, right? I mean. Or- or even to expanding time in the sense where it's like, okay, I sort of know you're going to do this play uh, and maybe I'm not capable of getting the puck, but if I sort of allow time to lapse, I'm going to allow my teammates to know which decision you're going to make or just push you into that decision so they could get the puck. Uh, it's still a win for me because we got the puck, but yeah. uh, at the same time, it's uh, it depends on how you see uh, puck possession. Yeah. And, I didn't plan it this way, but this is was a really great lead into to as I'm looking my my next kind of categories. Um, for I think the hardcore PHF fans, they know that you're kind of a, a two sport athlete. Um, but for everybody out there that that's listening that isn't aware, uh, Taylor is a gold. Is it gold medal? Or, or I'm I'm assuming it's gold medal winner. It's it's a gold medal. Yep. A gold medal winner for the strong women world championships. Um, the part of this that blows my mind the most is that you did this during the season, correct? Uh, I did. I was very fortunate that, very, very fortunate that uh, the Arnold was uh, on an off weekend for the T6. If it was, if we were playing, I would definitely not be going. Uh, so very fortunate that it was in between. And I just had my team. I had a nutritionist. I had a mental skills coach. Uh, I had definitely other coaches to help me out in terms of uh, prepping, recovery, and making sure I was primed for uh, performance month of March. Right. And so for everybody listening, this took place the, uh, from March 3rd to 5th. So we're talking like not even a month ago. This is like uh, right as the T6 is getting ready for the playoffs and everything going on with that. 
Um, and t- in addition to all that, Taylor is uh, training and preparing and kicking ass and winning this this gold medal for the the strong woman world championships. Um, is that the first time you've won? Uh, I don't. I didn't. I couldn't find uh, that information. Uh, I went last year as well because it, again, it was very fortunate where we weren't playing games. Uh, I got third last year, um, so I was like, "This is mine to beat." Uh, sort of had that rearing to go, and even last year, I felt uh, like it helped me out in my game in the sense where it's like, "Okay, you have a championship. You're sort of priming yourself on how you can compete." Uh, you're throwing up big things that sort of spark that uh, CNS. And so I just used that to go into playoffs. And I felt like I was <laughs> playing very, uh, like, very beastly, almost like uh, Lindsay Eastwood there uh, <laughs> going on the ice. So uh, I think it, it helped me more than uh, hindered me. Stop calling you Beastwood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for everybody out there that doesn't know, I, I, I wrote down the categories that you competed in. Um, some of the names uh, I'm going to have to ask you for a little clarification. Uh, we have the Farmer's Walk, uh, the Viking Press Reps, the Arm Over Arm Pulls, uh, the Dumbbell Press, the Ukrainian Deadlift, and the Power Stairs. Um, that is all correct. That's all, I got, got all the names right, so that's half the battle. So uh, walk me through what's, what's Viking Press Reps, because that's kind of the first one that kind of caught my uh, attention. Yeah, so Viking Press is just an apparatus. Um, weight's more behind you when it's an overhead press. Um, so <laughs> pretty much like at my last competition, this is my worst event. So I'm like, I just got to come out and uh, just show it everything I got. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <coughs> so, the fixed apparatus where you have to press. It feels like it's pressing up behind you. Um, and I won that event. I won that event by four, five reps. Okay, I I have written down you did seventeen, so you mm-hmm. you cleared the the competition by by more than one. Um, for me. Uh, I wish I could have watched this. Um, growing up, I'm a little bit older than, than some of the players, so um, I remember when ESPN2 used to show these uh, strongman competitions, um, and it was like all these Swedes and and Finns and and a couple of American guys, I guess. Um, but it was guys like Magnus Magnuson, and and yep. uh, I would just like be like, it was always on like really late at night, and I had this overnight job at at UPS. Uh, loading trucks so I was always kind of up at weird hours and um, I would always be mesmerized by this and and then I hear that you're into this and 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 obviously kicking ass at it uh, so I just kind of I love making those kind of little connections uh, what, what is the Ukrainian deadlift okay uh, Ukrainian deadlift is like you know what a sumo deadlift is I do not okay so I'll explain it a little bit more so um, instead of like a conventional deadlift where your feet are underneath your hips, um, a sumo deadlift is where your feet are farther than your shoulders and you could grab the apparatus actually in between your legs. And the okay. Ukrainian part is that the weight is actually underneath you. So the whole apparatus, it was actually pretty cool. We were on the main stage, um, and they set up like these stairs and we're standing on top of this like big pyramid pretty much. And they loaded the weight underneath, and it was just one person at a time, just uh, looking out to the big audience, uh, just pulling out reps. And actually, this is the event that I'll remember the most because I needed to win uh, this event, and I was going, I think I was like second. So I'm like, I just got to go all out, and hopefully that's good enough because I just have to uh, go for the win. So. Uh, I got 16 reps, and the next person had 11, I believe. So it, what's it like going second, and you have to wait for, like, everybody else to kind of go, and like, oh, man, I I hope I did enough, or you kind of always second-guessing yourself? Yeah, like, you, you have no idea for what numbers are, so it's just, like, you just got to make sure that you're, like, uh, your form strong, you just trust your training, and, like, I knew I had, I was one of the biggest deadlifters, so... Um, you just got to keep wrapping things out and making sure your core strong. And, uh, like I said, trust your training. 
and and what is power stairs? I hate stairs. I have a, I have a second floor apartment. <laughs> I'm like, that's more than enough stairs for me. Thirteen stairs. Um, but what what is power stairs? So then you would hate power stairs. It's sort of like taking your groceries, right? If you had two hundred pounds worth of groceries and bringing them all the way up the stairs. Uh, but in this case, it was uh, there's three implements, four stairs uh, that were 18 inches tall. So each stair, you had to step up 18 inches. Um, my weights were 220, 240, 260. Uh, so you have to pick up uh, the apparatus, pretty much doing like a mini deadlift and then push it up with your hips and then just sort of step or jump onto the next stair. Um, yeah, never, never did that, uh, fully before going to the competition. So I'm like, okay, just make sure <laughs> technically you're sound. Um, and then just sort of just have fun with it. Um, at that point I sort of knew that I just had to, uh, finish and beat the girl across from me to win. So, uh, okay. it was, it was nice. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I realized I didn't say that after I went into all this whole spiel, but congratulations on winning. I, I as I said, I think it's really awesome. Um, are you going to be back to defend your gold medal? Is that how it works? You go back next year or is there another one, uh, this year? Thank you. Uh, so, uh, so here's, here's a little bit of the dilemma. So first off, like in the, um, within the amateur space, uh, you only get twice, uh, to go. So first time I won, I got third and I was okay. This is like my last chance. You better go and win. And so then I won. And typically in the past, they would invite the, champion of the heavyweight and the champion of the lightweight to go compete on the pro stage um yeah so however that changed they changed ownership um like last year or coming into this year Uh um which changed up the rules a little bit uh which sort of uh my class didn't appreciate a lot like the lightweights did not appreciate because you know what like uh within the female space like uh, you just want to promote the sport. You want to promote like all strength and participation, right? And strength, like it doesn't really matter what size you are, as long as you show strength, um, small or mighty sort of thing. So yeah, uh, it's I'm not sure if I'm gonna go. Well, they have to sort of invite me, and right because they do want to see the best of the best uh, in terms of absolute, but. I know relatively U64s, which is my weight class, uh, are uh, one of the strongest in the world. So as well as sort of the growth of women's hockey, it's there's the growth of uh, strength sports and sort of showing just and just showing a little bit more awareness and uh, respect in terms of uh, all all athletes. Okay. Uh, it, w- w- if I knew that this was going on, would I have been able to watch it like online somewhere? I guess. Um, the final day, yes, it was very limited on the uh the first day that I competed, just because there was so much going on. Uh, but yeah, they did show uh this a uh, YouTube channel for the final day. Okay. Okay. Cool. I well, I hope you get to defend your title. Uh, I hope you get to do it for as long as you want. Uh, it's obvious how passionate you are about it, and and obviously you kick ass at it too. So, uh, thank you. Um, I also I I think I saw or I read that you you you're a trainer. Is that like coaching hockey or is it coaching uh, like powerlifting and that kind of stuff? It's it's doing both, right? Uh, people like in the hockey space see me as like a strong athlete in the gym and people in the gym see me as a strong hockey and I, I have a passion for both. I have a good eye for both. So uh, might as well just do do them both. Right. So uh, yeah, I do. So during the season, I was just pretty much just doing uh, some skating treadmill stuff okay. as I am transitioning uh, spots. I was doing that during the season, uh, which I found fairly difficult to do, but <laughs> Uh, over over the summer and the off season, obviously, I'll increase that just to uh, generate more money and help people out as I can. So, uh, in the gym, uh, strength athletes, hockey players, any type of athlete that just wants to get better, and then on the ice, like small shooting pads, large ice surfaces, um, some teams here and there, but it's mostly just uh, skill development. Okay. Uh, I want to get to a couple of uh, questions that people had submitted before I wrap things up. Um, Tom Nesbitt asked, 
Uh, what was the first thing you did with the Isabel Cup after winning it? I would assume lift it, but I'll let you answer that. Um, and who was the first person that you called after you won the cup? Oh, so yeah, first thing that I did was definitely lift it. Uh, I had to give it a kiss, obviously, because it's like I tried to. Like, it was a hard battle to get to you. Uh, had a little bit of a, uh, some selfie moments at the end of the game, but of course, like the team, it it got wild with the team with some champagne and everything. It was dancing a lot during the night, so of course, and then sleeping with CJ. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely lifting it. Uh, and then I passed it as it was going through. Um, I sort of just got lost in the moment, and it was going through the decor, so I passed it off to Taven. Uh, there was def- definitely people on my mind, like Kava, uh, MVP has been with us uh, since season two, and <laughs> CJ, obviously, she's been rock solid throughout, um, and just a rock star in general, so those people <laughs> yeah. on my mind, and but I saw Taven as, uh, as literally, it was just going through the decor, so I'm like, hey, like, Taven had a stellar season, um, but a very dynamic uh type defenseman so I was like and also follow Manitoba so I'm like hey Taven congratulations yeah she had a, a phenomenal season uh should have been one of the finalists for defender of the year yeah uh, but I wasn't that, that's not something that we voted on we only voted on one award uh but I'll I'll get into that when the when the winners uh get revealed in a I guess in a week or so here uh what is your Daisy a uh, friend of the show asks uh, what is your plan for your day with the cup? And are you obligated to bring CJ with you since CJ is never letting it go? <laughs> hey, you know what? If CJ wants to come, she is obviously invited. You know what? She always uh, brings the positive vibes that she would elevate the party like from zero to 10. Eventually. <laughs> um, so she is always invited. She might actually just handcuff herself to the cup at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I I was sort of trying to think about that. Like, if I go home to Manitoba this summer, maybe I'll bring it there. I know there's been quite a few people that already asked uh, around, uh, around like the Burlington area, uh, just to hey, like bring the cup. What's your plan? So I might just do something like that. Um, but yeah, there's been no talks quite yet. I might sort of see what other players have in store, uh, and I still have a little bit of time to think about it. Okay, yeah, I, I would think that's probably high on the list of things to do is figure out who's getting it when and figure out the order of who's passing it to who uh, yeah. as you go through the summer. And, and I know as a, as a journalist and as a fan, um, I can't wait to see all the different places that it goes. Um, some some of my colleagues were asking uh, Banishova after the game, like, are you going to bring it home to Czech Republic? And I <laughs> think she didn't know really how to answer it because – uh, you know, none of that's obviously been decided. It was two minutes after the game ended, but yeah, uh, <laughs> um, that that's always something that we love. Um, I, I'm sure you guys didn't plan out like right. It didn't, it wasn't planned out uh, beforehand. Like, hey, when we win, I'm going to pass it to you. As you kind of no, I think I think it was an afterthought, and maybe it should have even just like uh, like just operating staff to say like, hey, here's sort of like the order. If they sort of write it out. Uh, because I know they typically do that in the NHL. And then I think even, too, with the cup stuff, it's like, hey, like, if T is is going home, uh, obviously, like, if she will have the option just, like, to bring the cup with her. Um, so I think that's sort of the order of priority when it's going to go into when choosing who's going to get the cup because, like, yeah, like, that that's an important moment and you want to celebrate it with your family and loved ones. Uh, so uh, we're going to make sure – we like that happens for people yeah and, and hopefully if you do go home uh to manitoba i know uh um uh kate kayla friesen she brought the cup there uh last last this past off season so yeah um hopefully you you get the, the same experience and and same love from the from the community um looking forward for you um obviously i'm, I'm assuming you want to come back and defend the title right yeah, uh, obviously, like I'm a competitor, so I I want to get my hands in that cup, and I just want to, I just want to keep winning. So. Yeah, once once you win, you want to win it again and again and again. Yeah. And you don't want anybody to have your friend Izzy anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know it's ours. We'll just keep engraving it with uh with our name as it keeps going through. Um. Awesome. Uh. Thanks. 
a whole bunch for for doing this. Um, I have a couple of just um, league things I kind of want to just rattle off. Um, you, you're welcome to hang out for the remainder of the time, which is probably going to be only like five minutes. Or if you have to get going, um, that's okay. But I just wanted to um, thank you uh, for your time. Uh, it's, it's it's weird. Like I've only seen your team play in person twice, and uh, the way that the the league is the schedule has been, and and my schedule. Um, and with COVID and everything the last couple of years. Um, so next time we do, I do see you guys in person. If you're here, um, I'd love to at least just thank you in person and shake your hand. Um, but any, any parting words? Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you. And I know it's sort of been uh, sort of weird for that to happen, but definitely come out to see more T6 hockey. And yeah, I also wanted to, and I was going to mention this at the start and then we got started and kept going, but like you do so much for the space and uh, you do so much, uh, for women's hockey, it's crazy and how much you're, you guys are advancing, uh, the game and sort of even just, uh, the small little things like challenging, uh, just the status quo and you keep that. It, it provides change for, uh, the league. So I really appreciate all the work that you've done. And this is, uh, this is an honor to actually get asked to do, uh, uh, little, little interview with you. Damn. Taylor trying to make me cry all up in the club here. Uh, I have I have one more question uh, from from a listener uh, from Max uh, wants to know what was your favorite away rink to play at? Ooh, hmm. Okay, uh, going through, I Boston is like it's just pretty classic. Like it brings up you know just like the heatedness uh, and the steam of playing Boston. Um. Minnesota actually had like a pretty decent setup, like in terms of just like uh, their facility wise, their overall community engagement, like Minnesota, like you can't sort of beat uh, the type of fans that they have. Uh, am I missing in the top of my head? Um, yeah. And then just sort of, I really hope Montreal has like sort of their home rink down pat next year, but it's really cool to sort of go up to uh, Ramuski there to play uh, where Sidney Crosby played. So, yeah, that's that, that was. I thought that was really neat. I didn't like the idea at first, um, but I understood it, and and I think um, all the players really enjoyed playing in those different communities and kind of uh, getting the word out that they're a team now. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it'd be better for them to have to not travel for all twenty four games. Next oh season. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it, it also just reminded me of when I was with. Uh, the Thunder too, and just the Canadian fans. It's like, oh, oh. So they they still have their that fan base. They're still uh, loud and obnoxious. So uh, <laughs> it's good for them. Uh, always, always loud. Always loud. Always uh, loud. Yeah, just a, a couple of things I wanted to just uh, close out on for for the listeners. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but I know um, I've talked to somebody with the Riveters. Um, they had a skate last week. Uh, it was around around my birthday, twenty first, twenty second, um, where uh, they had a couple of collegiate players come out to skate with with some of their uh, their players that were still in the area. Just kind of not like a tryout, but more of a, a gauge. Um, how do they kind of fit in with these players? Um, how do they they match up and and so on and so forth? Um, not sure if they end up signing anybody out of that. Um, we don't have any details on free agency or nothing like that yet. I'm, I'm sure that'll be coming soon. Um, but uh, they, they, I was told they, they saw a couple of players that they did like. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, no team comes back completely the same from year to year. Um, so, uh, you know, it's smart on them to kind of get, get a look at these players. Uh, maybe the, while they're still in shape at, as their college uh, seasons and careers, I guess, come to an end. Um Second thing was uh, both Minnesota and Buffalo are now looking for coaches. Um, and it's kind of wild that they're playing an exhibition game in Tulsa, in, I think, next weekend. Um, and neither one of them has a coach right now or a head coach anyway. Um, so that's that's something to keep eyes on. Uh, the Minnesota one shocked a lot of people. Um, obviously, they were on a great run at the end of the season. Um, gave Taylor and her mates uh, all they could handle in, in the final. Uh, coming up short in overtime, um, but Co- Coach Ronda was let go. They did have an eight-game losing streak heading into the playoffs, um, and it, and it's always felt like 
the new management is kind of moving away from the Jack Broad era. Um, you could see that in the roster, and and uh, Coach Ronda is kind of one of those ties. You know, regardless of she's trying to be her own, excuse me, her own coach. Um, so something to keep an eye on. I'm sure those those dis- those vacancies will be filled. Uh, it would behoove the teams to fill them uh, as soon as possible. Uh, you want to start planning ahead, right, for for next season and um, signing players and all that. Um, and last but not least, uh, want to give a shout out to my uh, co-host, uh, Future Considerations Podcast, Eleni. Uh, she's starting her own uh, player agency, Hakate Sports. I think it's called. I, I believe. Um, I hope I pronounced it right. Um, but you, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me uh, retweet it. Um, she's a lawyer, so she's super smart. She knows what she's talking about. She's one of the most passionate people that I've ever met about anything, um, and especially women's hockey uh, and the players within the space. Um, so if you need representation, uh, if you know somebody that might need representation, uh, reach out to her, reach out to me. We'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll get you in touch with her. Um, and uh, and she'll she'll go to bat for you uh, probably harder than anybody ever has. A uh, long time ago, as I kind of mentioned before, I worked at UPS. I uh, was part of a union, and I had a shop steward stand up for me. And uh, it was one of the coolest moments of my, my kind of working career. Where uh, I wasn't really in the wrong, but I was kind of getting screamed at for something. And this guy screamed back and stood up for me. And um, it, it's, it's nice to have to know somebody has your back and – um, I know Eleni will definitely have uh, these players' backs. Um, and lastly, lastly, uh, just thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks again to Taylor for coming on. Thanks to everybody who supported the Ice Garden. Uh, we have a new logo now. If you haven't seen, we have merchandise, um, which uh, will help support us. We have subscriptions, um, subscription-only stories uh, and articles now. Um, we're trying to keep the majority of our content for free. Uh, but your subscriptions and your uh, donations when we held a phone fundraiser, excuse me, uh, really helped us um, get our feet set and prepare for this this new era. Um, so thank you to everybody who's supported us. Uh, I was ordered to take uh, some time off uh, from writing after doing so much the last couple of weeks and uh, especially with the launch, the, the new launch. Um, but I'll have some new stories coming up this this week. Uh, maybe one this week and then we'll, we'll get a couple more. Uh, I have some stuff from the end of the season interviews. I did, I haven't, I didn't want to get buried, um, in the middle of the, the playoffs because these players, they all kind of deserve their little moment. And, um, you know, I just didn't want that stuff to be overshadowed. So, um, thank you again, Taylor. Uh, this was awesome. Um, if there's anything I can ever do to help you, you can just reach out to me. Um, this was really neat. Uh, I'd like to do more of these kind of things. So if, uh, if everybody thinks that's cool, we'll, we'll do some more. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you again to everybody who tuned in and have a good night.